It's time for another exciting, enthralling, stupefyingly monotonous, and entirely unnecessary episode of TV Chinwag. Please welcome your hosts with the meh, Ryan and Jules. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 42 of TV Chinwag. My name is Ryan, and with me, as always, is a woman who can't stop going to conventions because she might die. It's Jules. Hey, Jules. You have to do 50 a year, right? Or else oh, you God, could die? I wish. I wish. I wouldn't be the only fan who thought if only I had a job where I got paid to just go to conventions all the time. Yes, I had uh, uh, Supernatural Convention down here in Australia last weekend. Luckily, it's only 40 days till Comic-Con in San Diego. Um, which I'm very thrilled this year. I have a press pass, so I will be, um, I will be on the ground for TV Chinwag, hunting up interviews with random people you've probably never heard of because I probably won't get into any of the big panels, but there'll be scoops. Awesome, <laughs> be, I love there'll scoops. There'll be exclusives, people from pilots of shows um, that will be a big thing a year from now. <laughs> Oh, that sounds fantastic. Hopefully, um, so yes, I'm very excited about that. And now, I, I don't have to. I don't have to pay for that, right? I think you signed off on it. Did I? Yes. Aren't we? Is using, that what were those we pile of papers you put in front of me? <laughs> aren't we using all the income we make from TV Chinwag to pay for my airfare? Uh, yep, we're using all of it to pay for the airfare. <laughs> You're going to have to chip in the rest. <laughs> Right, okay, so that'll be $1.75 from TV Chinwag and $1,600 from me. Right. Easy, easy, <laughs> no, no problems. Uh, yes, it's a good thing that uh, because I've got a press pass, I didn't even have to pay the 100 bucks for the Comic-Con ticket because, right. tell you what, between the airfare and accommodation, whoa, goodbye, four grand. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not even counting my bar tab. Good Lord. Anyway, it will be Can't fun and um, I will be getting interviews and um, with people, hopefully some famous people, but also I do like to go to panels for the pilots of uh, TV shows. Uh, last time I went, in, which was back in 2010, um, I got to go to the po- you know panel for this new show called The Zombie Show called The Walking Dead. Oh, my um, God. When uh, is that coming out? <laughs> Yeah, never heard of it again. But that was, yeah. you know, those, and that was in quite a small room. Uh, that that those, I always find those really exciting, um, and that's uh, just to see the excitement of people pimping a new show at the point where you don't know if it's going to be successful or not, and uh, where everything's full of potential and not full of disappointment and bitter regret. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah. Right. We'll see, and I'll be going to hopefully going to lots of parties. So I'll try and get um, I'll do a series of you know drunk interviews. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the theme. I just thought of that. Drunk TV chinwag, drunk at Comic Con. Okay, it I've just got... yeah, it just it's the one sided drunk interview. It's just you know, being drunk, essentially <laughs> it's just talking being to people, drunk. <laughs> talking about the people I can see on the other side of the velvet rope, um, right. uh, or the people I missed interviewing. That. Probably uh-huh. going to be more of the theme. Yeah, <laughs> I was in the same same space as, but didn't get to talk to the following celebrities. Yeah, we will see. <laughs> anyway, very exciting. So yes, I, and then uh, another thirty days after that, I will be in Vancouver. So maybe we should have people send you in questions to ask certain celebrities or showrunners if you happen to see them. Sure. Um, send uh, tweet us what shows you'd like me to cover for TV Chinwag at Comic Con, uh, mm-hmm. and what people you would like me to hunt down. I've already got a little bit of a list. Of, oh, of, good. Of people I really want to hunt down um, and stalk. I mean, um, interview. Uh, so we'll see how we go. But I would love to hear people's. And if you've had any buzz about new shows and that particularly, um, that would that would be great. Uh, love to uncover some gems there. Very cool, Jules. I'm I'm really excited for you. I wish I could be there. <laughs> but you're not, so I just set to have all the fun. Yeah, maybe I'll talk to and my friends are who are going to be there and see if they'll take me. <laughs> well, you should. Yeah. You'll and but you'll be back at work, won't you? you when been? yeah, when is it exactly? When's uh, the date? It starts on uh, Wednesday, the eighth of July. Right, I'll just have gotten back from Scotland and just started at work six days before that. So <laughs> it's a great time to take more time off work after you've been off for three weeks or five <laughs> weeks or six weeks or whatever it is. 
if you've been um, traveling another country, you know. Well, hey, and I thought you could, while you're away, um, mm-hmm. if, when you're not drunk on, on wonderful whiskey, mm-hmm. um, you could perhaps report back on what's on uh, Scottish television. That, I think that's a great idea. Maybe we'll have to do a couple shows on the road. That would be cool. Uh-huh, that would be cool. I'd love to know what the, what's what's live on Scottish television. Oh, okay, you well, we'll see what we can gems do. That we can hunt down and watch. Uh, so what are we going to talk about uh, in terms of what we've been watching on this episode? So we're going to re- do two shows that I don't think we were really... Well, it certainly weren't on my radar as far as something that we should be watching. Um one of them is called uh, the Lizzie Borden Chronicles, mm-hmm. and then the other one has um, it's called uh, Frankie and Johnny. And um, let's start with Lizzie Borden then. <laughs> okay, but I'm pretty sure that's not the name of the second one. It's called for Grace and Frankie, but I was just ignoring that because I can't remember <sighs> what it's called either. I keep having to put into Google Frankie and Jane Fonda. Right. <laughs> that right. usually finds it. Let's start with Lizzie Borden Chronicles starring uh, Christina Ricci. Did you, um, you didn't want to do any news first? News first. Oh, look, I thought I might mention we are we are coming up, uh, we're at that funny time of year. A lot of the network series have, have finished. Supernatural, of course, had its finale. It did. Uh, did you last, like it? Last week. Yes, the darkness rolled in. Uh, we're not quite sure what it will reveal. Um, possibly uh, the, the two things that came to mind were the nothing from never-ending story, um, but mostly Tim Curry is the darkness in the 80s film Legend. Ah, interesting, with Tom Cruise. Yes! (laughs) And knowing the writers on Supernatural, that was probably in their mind as well. So it could be a very large camp red demon Uh (laughs) revealed. Who knows? Uh, No, I thought it it was really great, as usual with Supernatural. It was both epic, uh, particularly those final scenes, which I believe utilised some drone footage. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's the first time we've been able to use a drone on the show. Um, so you've hopefully there'll be more opportunities. You've come a long way, baby. That was, you know. This is true. This is true. Um, and some great, some great character stuff. I think, uh, you know, I, I certainly found it um, a good, good button for the for the season. And obviously, who knows where it'll go um, next season. Possibly mm-hmm. not even the Hopefully we do at this some. Uh, yeah. Well, this is true. <laughs> hopefully we get to do some really fun and exciting stuff. I hope so too. But yes, other shows that are finishing, um, uh, we'll actually talk a bit, I'll probably mention this again in the, the, the next podcast we do because it relates to one of the shows we're reviewing, but uh, it was the series finale of um, Mad Men uh, a couple of weeks ago. So after seven seasons, um, Mad Men is finished. I don't think it was a show you ever watched or you might have. Uh, I used to. I used to watch it. Um, I, I lost interest a couple seasons ago. Just kind of boring. Um. It's a show I really enjoyed and, and, and have watched throughout and um, pleased to say it had a um, very satisfying ending. I think uh, <coughs> it, it had strangely, or as uh, AMC particularly is wont to do, split the final season, uh, season seven, into two sort of six, seven episode halves. Um, this final run uh, I, I thought was excellent and, and very in keeping with the show. It didn't try and be, you know, because it was finishing, do something different. Uh, it, I think it's one of those shows that I, I'm actually looking forward to going back and watching um, at some point. Uh, yeah, I, I very much enjoyed Mad Men. It, and it was maddening and frustrating at times, but all good TV shows are. But I think It, it was maddening. Men, maddening. Maddening. <laughs> But some wonderful character work, some wonderful acting. Um, certainly, you know, I think for me, the mark of a good show is that it had has characters in it that I'll, I'll carry with me for a long time. I think creative. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Some wonderful performances, um, and certainly, I suppose it was it was a show that really put AMC on the map as well. It was. Um, uh, important in in terms of its development, but yes, it, it's always good. I think final final episodes of series, which you know, in the in the harsh word of television, often you don't you know 
shows get cancelled before they get to have a this is the ending, but this was well planned in advance, um, which I think adds adds more um, pressure. And as we've seen with final episodes of shows like The Sopranos and um, Lost and even um, Breaking Bad, they can be very controversial um, because... It's sort of an artificial thing. The story, in a way, keeps going. It's just that it's the final episode of the series, so there's a lot of pressure to either wrap things up or have closure or not have closure. Um, but I certainly think Mad Men really, really got it right. Um, mm-hmm. So it was very satisfying. And you're um, happy. You're, you are happy with the ending. Yeah, yeah. And right, it I'm going to well. a- ask you about it uh, off air, but uh, I am curious to know how it ended. Um, okay. No spoilers. Well, no, no spoilers. But yeah, and it did. It gave good. Uh, uh, the last last run gave good airtime. It was very much, although it was focused around John Hamm's character Don Draper. It was very much always an ensemble show, and it, it took the time to, um, you know, visit all of those characters. And it was never uh, probably the challenge with Mad Men, as opposed to something like Breaking Bad. It was never a plot-driven story. This was very much a character-driven story. So there wasn't a plot uh, or a narrative to wrap up or have a climax. As we knew in Breaking Bad, you know, you always knew either Walter White was, you know, either going to get away with everything or get arrested or get killed. Or, like, that That was the narrative that mm-hmm. it was. we knew it was going to take, whereas there was none of that in Mad Men. It was all just about people living their lives. So it was quite um, intriguing to, to know how they were then going to finish with the stories for these people without having an artificial sort of they lived happily ever after or, or imposing a narrative um, on a show that had never really cared about plot. Um, so, yes, no, I think it I think it did very well. And, and for people who haven't watched Mad Men, it's all sitting there now. You can, um, you can go watch it and enjoy it. Cool. Awesome. Uh, David Letterman left this week or last week. Uh, care factor. Yeah, I don't. I don't care either. I, I watched parts of the last episode and honestly thought, yeah, no, this is way overdue. This is not <laughs> funny or good or or anything. This is just, yeah, exactly, <laughs> long yeah. overdue. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Don't care. Um. There's a new TV show coming back to be revitalized by Netflix. Do you hear about this? I don't know. Full House coming back. Oh yeah. Full care House. Sorry. How great is that going to be? Oh. Danny Tanner. Care factor. I was never Uncle Jesse. I never watched Full House. There you go. DJ Tanner. All those people. Yep. They're all going to be there. They're yep. all coming back for the Full House. Never watched Full House. Oh, full. my God. Never I feel like full. life is now complete. <laughs> Maybe because I wasn't a child in the 80s, uh, but yeah, uh, and I hate sitcoms. Uh, I never watched Full House, so I know that I've seen it mentioned. But yeah, again, Care Factor. Uh, Netflix, you've got better things to do with your time. So, pretty excited for you. But then again, Netflix is also producing a series of Adam Sandler movies. So, you know, what mm, do I know? There's no accounting for taste. Or business decisions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> brands! Look at your brand, Netflix. <laughs> yes. You can buy other people's crappy movies. You don't need to invest in them. Um... Two two things that are coming. This is this one's actually a movie, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Uh, these are comic books, not superhero, not DC Marvel superhero comic books, which I'll talk a bit next week about uh, some of the new series coming there. But um, now we never did get round to reviewing Powers, which was the show that came out on PlayStation or Xbox. Mm, not sure. Um, one of those, which um, I had, I did actually watch the few, first few episodes of. Um, I really liked um, the comic book powers, um, of the first uh, trade paperback, which was called um, Powers Who Killed Retro Girl. Um, really loved that. And uh, it's sort of about a, if you like, a police unit um, who 
who go after people with super superpowers who have gone rogue sort of thing. Um, the TV series was pretty shit. Um, but uh, it's op opened the way, I think, for people looking beyond Marvel and DC. Um, there's a series called The Wicked and the Divine. Um, again, um, a comic, comic book series that I really liked, which is um, about gods who are reincarnated every 90 years as humans. And in, in this round, they're re reincarnated as pop stars and it's funny and pop culture-y and, and also epic as well. Um, so that's going to come to um, TV, uh, a cable network called Universal, which I'm not sure who owns that. Um, and the other comic book news which just broke today, which uh, is actually movie news, series called The Lumberjanes, uh, which is about mm. a a group of girls at summer camp who start fighting the supernatural. Uh, a series that started beginning of this year, end of last year, and it's been a huge success. And that's going to be a live-action uh, movie, and I will really look forward to that. Again, it's it's smart, it's funny. Um, I, I love the comic book, and so I'm excited to see what they can do as a movie. And, hey, it's a comic book that's not Marvel or DC, so that's always exciting. Oh, that is exciting. <laughs> uh, so that's all the news where do you lie? Uh, where do you lie on um, what's been um, taking up my Twitter feed this week, which is the um, hopeful spinoff of the Supernatural uh, characters, Jody Mills and the girls and the, uh, all that stuff? The I haven't way heard with, any, the, anything the way from with you. daughters. Yeah. Well, people are calling it that. Yes. Uh, well, uh, we name. should clarify it's a spin off in fandom's mind. Uh, sure. <laughs> A, ho a hoped, a hoped spin-off. A hoped spin-off. Um, so this was because, uh, particularly, the character of Jody Mills, who met up with uh, Sheriff Donna, um, but Jody had already taken in um, the young girl Annie, who'd been uh, raised by vampires, and then Claire Castiel, aka Jimmy Novak's daughter, got sent off there. None of this means anything unless you watch Supernatural. Um, mm -hmm. uh, anyway, the idea was these two law enforcement officers, Donna and and Jody and a group of um, uh, young, I suppose teenage to late teenage uh, girls become hunters uh, and I think could be a great, great idea for a series. Certainly nothing like it out there. It'd be great to have um, a female-centric series and um, certainly the actors involved, you know, Kim Rhodes and Brianna Buckmaster are, are fantastic, great chemistry together Um Great humour too, which is, um, I think, something I really value uh, in in my horror. I think you need that, otherwise it all drowns in angst and can get all too serious. Um, so I think it'd be a great idea. Uh, you know, I don't think any, don't know that it'll go anywhere. But there's people writing, fans writing episodes and and fanfic around it, and some great fan art. So. Um, that's why we have fandom. We can bring these things to life. And who knows? It is the age where someone might make this into a web series. That would be fun. I'm in. I, I'm in. <laughs> you need a director? I'm down. There you go. You heard it first here. Ryan Curtis to direct Wayward Daughters. Yep. There you go. And I will run the wiki for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where my skill set lies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I am just trying to think of other stuff we can talk about so we don't have to talk about these two shows. Oh, no, let's get into Lizzie Borden because she's a wayward daughter. <laughs> so what is the first show we're going to talk about? Let's talk about Lizzie Borden. I know you. Oh, you think so? She's notorious, but she's not vicious. You have no idea. Vindicate my sister. Who are you? <laughs> I'm a private investigator. Chop him up and dump him in the bay. No matter what comes with the situation, you'll have me. Who's next? I'm not a monster. Uh, I'm sure everyone has heard of the story of Lizzie Borden, who was charged, but a lot of people don't realise, acquitted of um, murdering her parents with an axe in the 1890s. 
Uh, and I gotta go get a beer for this, Jules. You keep going. I, I gotta have I, a drink for this give story. Give me one too, will you? <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, so um, the story being that Lizzie Borden killed her parents, uh, father and stepmother, actually, um, with an axe. And this series takes up after she's been acquitted. And and obviously this is a true story and the real Lizzie Borden, after she was acquitted, actually uh, stayed in the town where she'd always lived with her sister Emma um, and spent the rest of her days there. Uh, this is obviously... Um, I don't even think fictionalised is the right word, but loosely based on the character uh, with Christina Ritchie playing Lizzie and Claire Duvall, um, who I adore and a great to see her on TV, yes. playing yes. Uh, Emma Borden. Um, and so it takes up after after the trial uh, is, is over. Lizzie's a, a figure of some notoriety and, and almost legend already. Um, she's she and Emma are fighting because uh, fighting with a, a local lawyer and businessman because um, who says their father was in debt to him and is going to take all their money. Uh, so they and they also have a, a very wayward brother um, who who turns up as well. Um, uh, William Borden, uh, who's a ne'er-do-well, feckless He is lad. a ne'er-do-well. He's a feckless <laughs> cad. Can mm-hmm. he be a feckless cad? Well, he is a feckless cad. Um, now, the interesting thing about this uh, show, which is actually on um, Lifetime, is its tone. Um, it's not... Uh, the nearest thing I can sort of... It reminds me a little bit of Penny Dreadful, um, but it's sort of hard to describe because it's sort of, I wouldn't say comedy, it's played wow, straight. Wow, no, I wouldn't say comedy. But there's a dark, I find a dark Oh, uh, poorly written, it. I think are the words you're looking oh, for. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ryan, what did you think of the Lizzie Borden Chronicles? Ah, uh, look at, um, I'm going to guess, I haven't done any research, so that's always a great place to start. Um, this is filmed in Eastern Canada. Was that? Do you know if that's for a fact? Oh, I don't know. Because the acting, the lighting, the directing. Oh, uh, okay. We're back. Cinematography to your... looks like looks like it's looks like uh, shit. Anne of Green Gables. Yeah, I mean, it looks like shit, which tends to be <laughs> Eastern Canadian your... stuff. <laughs> and know. I know that's that's awesome, but it's true. They just don't make as good shows as we do here. <laughs> which would be uh, Western obviously. Canada for those obviously, of you playing the best. Long and yes. Home. Exactly. Um, look, I, I think it had a lot of um, um, possibility, but very much like the show Copper, whom we watched, yes. um, fell flat because it's production value. I think they skimped. Um, there's a lot of stuff that just took me right out of it. And, and, you know, some of it's just little stuff like everybody's clothes are way too clean. They should be much dirtier and yeah. grosser and grimier. Then um, again, Copper did do dirty well it just didn't do anything sure else well. it didn't do anything else well like sets or shooting i mean it, it was all shot indoors anyways um yeah i mean production value i think could be better i think the dp needs to be a lot more uh, creepy and 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 more moody lighting this is coming from a guy who works on a very moody lit show but to me there's a lot more that could be hit um i think some of the acting fell a little flat for me in, in the first episode that i watched the only episode i watched <laughs> And maybe that gets better. Um, you know, it's, it, it is the first episode, so they don't really have everything laid out. Um, Lizzie Borden was supposed to be a young girl, isn't she? Uh, look, I, I, I don't know how much. 18, 19? Anyways, Christina Ricci can stop playing, you know, is teenagers now. She's a woman almost in her middle age, isn't she? <laughs> I, don't know about, I don't know about middle age. She's 35. Well, it's getting damn close, isn't it? It's certainly closer than teenager. Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm being harsh, but I just to me there was just it, it, it fell flat, and I think they skimped on the budget, and that's obvious. And I, I I don't think it's worth watching. I think very much like Copper, it's just a failed good idea. Yeah. Unfortunately, the dollar just didn't support. Um, and also I think I, I look I I stayed with it longer i think i've watched two and a half three episodes um for me the issue is a couple of things one is tone um you know aside from the production values i'm not quite sure i'm not quite sure it knows what it wants to be so is it is it 
leaning towards this almost dark comedy. What story is it telling? Um, it, 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 it's not quite clear as things go along, um, other than being the story of Lizzie and Emma, but it, it sort of seems a bit sort of directionless. Um, it, it, it's almost like it wouldn't commit to, and, you know, no, I don't think this is a spoiler, Lizzie keeps killing people. Surprise, um, right. and that's the fun part of it, and, and, and utterly ridiculous part that in this small town people keep dying. Um, there's a Pinkerton's detective uh, played by Cole Hauser who's who's been brought in to to investigate uh, both why she was acquitted and and then obviously gets the idea that she might still be killing people. Um, uh, that's you could have taken that to sort of almost like an absurdist level, but it doesn't sort of commit to that. That's what I would have liked to have seen. Um, but then there's a lot of side plots. There's uh, uh, the woman in the rooming house that the Pinkerton's detective staying in that he starts a relation, sort of starts a friendship, whatever relationship with, who has a drunk husband. Like there's there's stuff going on that you don't care about. Um, I agree, and and. and it doesn't know – it feels like it's not quite settling in to its tone. And I suppose what I mean by that is so it uses um, modern music, which is fine, no problem with that. But it's also one of those shows, and I think this is really lazy writing, is um, uses the montage with some music over it, basically a video clip to move – you know, to fill – a certain part of the episode uh, and just show you doing characters doing things um, without actually writing them and having a point to it. And I don't need, um, you know, I don't need a video clip in the middle of every episode, um, in some cases twice an episode. Great music, um, but if you're going to use it, don't use it because you couldn't be bothered writing, you know, another five pages of, of actual story. Um, that feels like a good idea that they couldn't work out what to do with it so they just keep doing it and think oh well people will be entertained they'll like the song so they won't turn over i don't know um yeah so it's yeah uh, yeah i i it's one of those things that you know i don't even want to say whether you would watch it if it was on i mean it's not claw your eyes out terrible but it's also like as you said it's it, there's bits in here that could have been good but i just think the show doesn't know um what it wanted to be and i'm just looking up now it was actually filmed in halifax so ah. another nail in the coffin of filmmaking in eastern canada <laughs> i mean <laughs> Which Ryan on can, the opposite Ryan yeah, can spot <laughs> But um, at the same time, um, you know, take a look at something like Haven, which is Nova Scotia, and that's gorgeous. So it, it really, it, it depends on, on your production career. Sure. And Haven's also, uh, which is a show we haven't talked about, and we probably should at some point, because I actually watched a couple of seasons of that. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was lucky in choosing a location that fit its story. So there's obviously a lot of on-location stuff in Haven that yes, just makes yes. use of where it's filmed. So yes. you don't have to worry about your costs because they've got the dock and the harbour and the houses that fit the the little town it's meant to be in. Um, yeah. And they've got... Uh, I mean, the, the, the series themselves aren't comparable, but Haven is a show with a very clear vision of what it is and what story it's telling. Um, and mm -hmm. that's why I watched a couple of seasons of it. It's, it. And it's something I would even go back to because it's uh, yeah. uh, it knows what it's doing. It's got a clear mission statement. And for me, that's always has to be at the heart of a show. Um, I will always watch something which I get the sense that it knows what it wants to do. And whether it... F achieves that or fails I'll, I'll overlook a lot of sins if I get the feeling that there's a heart there's someone at the centre of this it's like you know sum, sum up you know sum up what this series is in, in two sentences you can't do that with the Lizzie Borden Chronicles even the title tells you they're not quite sure is it a series of uh, murders of the week uh, is it is it uh, you know episodic is is it uh, serialized it just doesn't know what it is um, yeah. other than Claire Duval um, it also has now I'm going to forget his name now speaking of um, speaking of Breaking Bad um, oh, the guy who played um, Saul's sort of hitman oh um, 
him. Not um, Mike. Or the guy who plays Mike. Uh, yes, yes. Mike yeah. Armentrout? Yes. Uh, oh, right. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I don't anyway. have his name in front of me. <laughs> He's in it? He's in it. Um, oh. So he turns up. And so that gave me a bright spark, but he doesn't have a lot to do so far anyway. Um, Jonathan Banks, that's who it is. Yes. Jonathan thank, Banks, yeah. Thank you very much. I'm very sorry mm-hmm. I forgot your name, Jonathan Banks. Um, but, yeah, aside from that. Why I um, can remember Mike Ehrmantraut but not Jonathan Banks. Well, that's I all know. I could think of was Mike Ehrmantraut. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't bother. Like, <laughs> yeah, Unless- it's a shame. It's a shame because they could have been really cool if they had been a little bit more. Um, to bring it up, like like Haven, a little bit more creepy, a little bit more weird town, a little bit more. I don't know, better. <laughs> or well, or I'll bring up Penny Dreadful, which uh, is now in sure. its second season, and I thought there was. A lot of times it was a bit of a hot mess in season one and, and, and it jumped around a bit. But I kept with it because it knew, again, it knew what it wanted to be. It wasn't always quite getting there. And sometimes you had these episodes that were just focused on one character and then you went back to the other. Anyway, it was a bit all over the place. But its tone was good. Its production was values were good. It had the right look. Um, you know, it was a show that was mashing up 19th century horror and gothic characters into the one world, um, and it knew that. Um, so, and it has a, uh, what's the word? Well, I mean, it's very gothic in tone, so it has that sort of over-the-topness about it, which you have to have when you've got, you know, vampires and werewolves and Frankenstein's monster working at the local theatre. Um, but it committed to that, and it, and it, and it, it sold that, uh, whereas Lizzie Borden just feels like, yeah, it almost feels like a, it was sort of designed by committee and no one took sort of, no one had the central idea of what, you know, what are we doing, what story are we telling here? Um, you mm, certainly don't get to know anything about Lizzie. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you don't know what motivates her. And, and that's, for me, that, and I think if they had have cast her as, with someone who was 19, there's a really interesting story here about about the rage inside a young woman and why she would have that rage. And, um, you know, and still you could do that in a way that's humorous, if that's where you want to take it or over the top or in a serious way. But we never get any idea of... Uh, of why Lizzie's like this, why her and her sister Emma, who played by Claire Duvall, is this, whom you like quite a bit. I love, <laughs> <laughs> and she's not in enough things, and she's a great actress, but unfortunately, she also doesn't look like the sort. Of, she she hasn't got the female appearance that gets cast in a lot of things because she's not Hollywood beautiful, um, but she's a great actress. And but but her character in this is very sensible, normal. Um, and she supposedly is the one who's sort of raised Lizzie. So it's unclear, you know, does she know about the other side of Lizzie? Like the, the, there's no character illumination in this at all. Um, as I said, it seems to be a lot of sort of music videos strung together with um, some scenes of people getting killed hor- horrifically, which, you know, I liked. But other than that, there's not really much to take away from it. Um, I should uh, just say that Lizzie Borden was 32 when she was acquitted of the murders or when the murders happened. 32. Oh, so okay. There I would like go. to take this moment to uh, apologize to uh, Miss Ricci, who is it's playing 35. an age appropriate character. And I was uh, I was out of line. Jules, I'm going to be honest with you. I was I was glib. I was hasty, and I was out of line, and I I, I take that back. However, um, I will stick with my line that it would be a more interesting show if you cast it with a lot, if you had a younger woman, or if you explored why 32 year old Lizzie Borden would has so much rage in her. Um, and you can you don't even have to explain it. You can just make her psycho, but you need something. You can't just have these these. You know we. The term sort of cardboard cutout characters gets thrown around a lot, but that's what I feel. I don't feel anyone in... If the writers have thought a lot about these characters, and and I will assume that they have, because that's what writers do, it's not coming out on the screen, certainly in the not in the first three episodes, where it's... Um, um, you just have no sense of who these people are. And that's 
even given that there's a girl, some girl-on-girl girl action with Christina Ritchie that gave me hope that it was going to a sexy place at least, but it didn't eventuate. Did you see boobs? No, it was just a kiss. <laughs> there might be more Not later enough. on. I will, I will search the web and see if there's any more sexy times. Not enough. Hey, one thing I, I do want to say about this that is a positive is this was um, produced by Lifetime. The Lifetime yes. Network is the one who created this. And I would say it's a pretty ballsy move for Lifetime, who traditionally is very bland, um, boring... Uh, stuff. I think. I mean, I, I maybe I'm telling tales out of school, but I don't remember them making anything cutting edge. But maybe maybe that's the problem. Is the is the mindset it comes from? I mean, I know Lifetime's known for making the sort of movie of the week. You know, I survived being mauled by a bear, or or my, you know, my baby's got swapped at birth, or mm-hmm. you know, I fell mm-hmm. in love when I got diagnosed with terminal cancer. Sort of shows. Oh, this yes? sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> Or Sounds heartwarming right. story of teacher in underprivileged school. Those sort oh, of. or what was that one? Oh, no, that was Hallmark Channel I saw the other day, oh, which was okay. Ty Olson and uh, Candace Cameron Bure uh, as parents of kids that, I don't know, uh, it was some Mother's Day thing. Yes. Some so movie I think of the week thing. has a similar sort of, uh, and maybe that's. Maybe this was just a step too far too early for them. Uh, maybe, uh, or or a step in the right direction. You know, maybe they'll yeah. start doing some bigger budget, bigger, ballsier stuff. So, um, yeah, I would definitely not bother unless you're a huge Lizzie Borden fan or no, 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 a fan of Halifax made television. I don't know. I don't know who's <laughs> who's watching this, but um, Christina Ricci fans. I mean, she's good in it. There's there's nothing wrong with her in it. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was I was just, just thinking, trying to say something I positive, but I wonder if it would have been better. So I think there's eight or nine episodes, just in terms, and you know, I know there's a whole. It's not just the bucket of money. There's a whole lot of reasons you make eight episodes rather than three or something. But you know, well, mate, I, yeah, I, but I, I think that that money is one of the big ones, and I, I don't think Lifetime could afford it. I think they were probably putting all their eggs into this board and basket. But what I was going to say is, I think. You know, I would have rather them seen, rather than stretching a budget over eight episodes, let's put it into three or four, make a mini-series type thing that has a clear direction and we can actually put some money into rather than eight episodes that are sort of focused. But I know that's the way, you know. I'm sure that was many, many meetings they had. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they could have just called me. (laughs) Right. Yes, but no. Jules, I know, what do I know we do? The, yeah. I know the business model is more um, complex than that, so I won't, um, I won't damn them for not following my advice there. But um, I had had a couple of people recommend this to me on Twitter because people do know my love for murder. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry, whoever did recommend it to me, you've got shit taste. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it came out of nowhere. You got to give them that. Well, and I suppose the thing is, uh, you know, it is that time of year. We are still a bit in that that uh, zone between shows finishing and shows starting uh, their seasons. So it is a bit of, I'll watch whatever's on. There's, oh, you know, there's more reality TV on at the moment than you can, you know, poke a tribal council at and uh you know that sounded racist i don't know what that means but it sounds it's, racist. it's no no it's not ra- well no it's only racist if you don't like survivor which is sort of inherently racist but anyway we let's not go there because jeff probst is very pretty um what? Okay. <laughs> that came out of nowhere <laughs> wow. um i think jules is showing her true color i am straight for jeff probst yeah wow <laughs> The list of guys you're straight for is getting longer and longer. Jordan. Well, I'm uh, not actually straight for Jeff Probst, but I have to say he was the only good thing about the last season, the current, the season of Survivor that's just finished. every season. It was yeah. after however many it is, fifty years of Survivor. It was uh-huh. the only. It was the worst season I've ever seen, and I'm a oh. I'm a I'm someone who's watched Survivor from the beginning. So there you oh, go. That sounds wonderful. On another note, um, somebody in my neighborhood is barbecuing and it smells amazingly delicious and I'm getting very hungry. Let's Um, move on to our next show. (laughs) Right. Don't want to keep you from the barbecue. The next show No, because it's turning into summer here, you got to remember. Like, it's been beautiful and hot and sunny and people are out barbecuing and I'm here sitting in front of my giant monitor. Which you would be doing anyway. Let's face it, you never leave Which I have been doing. Honestly, I haven't left the house in a week. (laughs) It's so fucking busy. Anyways, 
<gasps> apparently too busy to watch shows because I only watched one episode of our next show, oh. which was Frankie and Johnny. We want to talk to you about something. Saul and I are in love. Excuse me? You're gay. We want to get married. Oh, married? Because we can do that now. I know. I hosted that fundraiser. I'm heartbroken. You're going to make better memories. And you can reuse the frames. They're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. I'm so scared. Mom, we're going to find you people to talk to. People who understand exactly what you're going through. There's a group for wives of husbands who've turned gay in their 70s. I am young. My joints are supple. Yes, Robert is my law partner. But we are also homosexual law and bed partners with each other in life. Boy, this partner thing is really confusing, isn't it? Frankie, you're a complete disaster. You do realize I have a knife in my hand. I don't want to face my remaining years alone. I'm just like you, but with a better personality. Certainly bigger. Break down your emotions for me. eat until Monday. You have to operate? I've never had surgery. Not ever? Like, say, up around here? No. Like, I think you miss it. Like, the show's called TV Chinwag. Right. Like, the TV part is sort of integral to the actual chinwagging. But I'm using a TV as a monitor. Does that count? Well, why okay. do you need a monitor? To edit my movie. Would you? What you're doing that while you're podcasting? Well, oh. try to. <laughs> I mean, I gotta get shit done here, Jules. <laughs> this is a man who's off to Scotland for a month. Anyway. Yes, in a week and a bit. Yeah. In a week and a bit. For a month. In a week and a bit. Three weeks. Whatever. Gracie and Frankie, a Netflix series, which I'd heard about a while ago because uh, my ears pricked up when I heard that Lily Tomlin was in something because I love Lily Tomlin and always have loved Lily Tomlin. And this is a show with a – talk about stellar cast. Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Sam Waterston and Martin Sheen. So, you know, we're talking big names here. The basic premise of the series is uh, the two – titular characters grace and frankie of sort of um two women who are now in their 70 early 70s who have known each other i I gotta get another beer for this (laughs) (laughs) keep going known known each other for many years because their husbands um Sol and Robert Sol, uh, who was married to Lily Tomlin's character Frankie and Robert married to Grace, Jane Fonda. Um, they're partners in a law firm and have worked together for many years. And the ser- and uh, each couple has two children. Uh, and they've they've known each other for a long time, although uh, Frankie and Grace have never really been friends. They're very opposite in characters. Uh, Jane Fonda's character is the... Uh, she started a long time ago a, a beauty products company uh, concerned with, you know, how she looks and uh, knowing the right people. Lily Tomlin's the, you know, the hippy-dippy one uh, who teaches art to ex-offenders and, and um, gets stoned a lot and goes on vision quests. Anyway, the show opens as uh, the four of them are out to dinner and the two husbands, Sol and um, and Robert, played by Sam Waterston and Martin Sheen, announced that they're leaving their wives for each other and have been uh, in love and in a relationship for the last 20 years and have finally got to the point, um, prompted by gay marriage being legalised in uh, California, that they can now get married and have decided they really you know, they need to declare uh, their relationship and um, separate from their wives, uh, which throws uh, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin's characters together. They, cut a long story short, both end up moving into the very palatial beach house. This is all set around San Diego um, together. And the show takes on the story of basically revolving around their uh 
growing friendship and them dealing with life um, as their relationships are finished. They're now single and 70, dealing with how to... um, you know, how to readjust where they've been with the same partner for 40 years. It also looks at uh, the husband's relationship and how they, they're adjusting. Uh, it's a comedy, um, but with a comedy with heart. Am I writing a tagline there? Um, Ryan, what did you think of the whole one episode you watched? Oh, I'm really glad that you turned me on to this show because it's a piece of shit and it was boring and dumb and not funny. The end. All right, everybody. That's this week's episode of TV Chinwag. <laughs> um, you should have watched past one episode. Uh, I knew you were going to say that, but I won't because who gives a flying fuck about these people? I could care less. Well, I think they're dumb and stupid. I think it's it's trumped up and, and overblown and egotistical and all i can see are these really famous rich actors on screen that oh. don't really give a shit uh, i i i really don't i don't i don't give a crap about them now and, interesting uh, to me i i really got so many vibes of <laughs> of uh like like uh issues between the characters not the characters the actors i don't know if you you guys oh. know that's just me no yeah do you, yeah, oh, I, what what Hollywood gossip do you are you going to reveal? No, it just seemed like it, it, there was some serious um, what's the word um, like diva issues happening on set. Oh, wow! I'll have to go. So back there you go. Watch there, that. There's my feeling. <laughs> okay, you can shut up now. Um, okay. So this wasn't a show, uh, and look, you know, Netflix doesn't release that many shows and and but it has a pretty good track record so far commitment to adam sandler apart um so and it's a commitment to the full house reboot um so i have been trying or watching and have enjoyed most of the original netflix series but when i heard about the the concept of this um i was underwhelmed and uh, absolute and very disinterested so i only watched it because uh and it's been out it's only been out for about 3 weeks but um i only watched it because we we're going to review it and i ended up being incredibly charmed by this show and yes, you can tell me I'm bad and wrong, Ryan. Um, it starts off with this sort of ridiculous premise. And I thought, oh, it's just going to be so full of cliches. Uh, you know, there's going to be lots of old jokes. And, uh, you know, we've got these very, the Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin characters feel, you know, very stereotypical. You know, the hippie, hippie-dippy one and the straight-laced one. Um but as as after a couple of episodes, these characters really they they expand these characters, and I've become very charmed by by the whole thing, and really found a lot of a lot, lot to connect with these characters. Um, the children come into the series a bit more, particularly um, the daughter of Jane Fonda and Martin Sheen, uh, who's a character called Brianna. Um, and there's uh, the the other couple have uh, two adopted sons, um, and yeah, I I really found myself like I'm up to episode eight now, um, and and really enjoying it. It 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 ends up actually straying away from the cliches associated with shows with older people. Um, it's funny. It manages to have some heart without going into icky sentimentality because it off it, it undercuts those things. It, it's you know it's got a good sense of humour. Um, a lot of what it's doing, I think, is what you would hope to see in shows about adults who are thirty or forty years younger, but you rarely do. So this idea of how do you move on if your partner leaves you but you, neither of you hate each other. It's just that they've fallen in love with someone else. So someone's hurt, but there's loss on both sides. Um, there is stuff about these people being in their 70s um, and, and what that's like, but they're also not, you know, they're not written as, oh, this is hilarious to have someone 70 who's dating for the first time in 40 years. I mean, it actually... Um, it's a show made for older people and I think that point of view comes across a lot more because it's not 
made for younger people to go, oh, thank God, we're not that old yet. Um, so, yes, I actually would recommend this show. Uh, it's it, it's interesting in that it's, I suppose it's a sitcom. No, that doesn't feel right. Um, it's funny, but it almost feels more like a long movie in a way rather than um, a sitcom. It's It's not, you know, slap your thigh laughing a lot of the time although there is some of that in it um probably compares a little bit more although it's very different in tone to something like transparent um it's a comedy the way orange is the new black is a comedy if that makes any sense except not funny yes? you've watched one episode now it yeah, may not be true. the sh- it may not be the show for you but and, and <laughs> do you think? <laughs> do you think? Um, but I'd almost, I'd almost, I might even have to choose a later episode and tell you to watch it because I really think there's some great writing here. Um, it, it, the and I think the writing is very good. It, it it has this really nice blend of, as I said, it's it's funny, but it's it's also portraying people in a way particularly people who are 70 that you don't ever see um and it's smart and it doesn't get schmaltzy and maudlin or overly sentimental um i yeah i think i i i hope it finds um a good audience because i think it's actually probably got look it's you know it, I can make a huge generalisation and say it's probably not a show for young people because, you know, if you're under 30, you probably think people over, you know, at the age of 40 are old. Maybe it's because I'm approaching old age 70. rapidly. Myself. Yes, I'm only a couple of years of 70 myself. Um, so maybe it's aspirational that maybe I will eventually find happiness by the time I'm 70. But, yeah, no, I, I was unex- unexpectedly delighted by this. Um, and I, they're half hour episodes, so, you know, you do get through them pretty quickly. Um, but it doesn't feel like the relationship evolution in it doesn't feel contrived. It doesn't play on the, what the setup of these extreme stereotypes in a way is. It, it sets that up and then immediately pulls back from that. Um, so the th- jokes you think they might make about, you know, two men in their 70s getting into a relationship or these two women who are forced to live with each other who are polar opposites, you know, odd couple style, that's part of the humour, but it's not the main point of the humour. So it's almost like it has the obvious there and then it will find another joke underneath, which I think is the cleverness um the cleverness of the writing um and i think there's some of the best uh, writing i've seen particularly in a comedy in a long time about relationships in this um and as i said those things and about adult children dealing with their parents lives uh, again it reminded me in a way of transparent although it's as i said it's very different in tone it doesn't have the the really snarky, uh, sharp edge of transparent um, uh, or the blackness in a way. It's a lot gentler than that. But um, it, it probably fits in the same oeuvre somewhere in there. You're right. I, I only saw the one <laughs> episode. So it's not it's not fair for me to, to really comment. But, I, I mean, <laughs> but there wasn't anything I thought was really outstanding or different oh. about it. And, and maybe they just didn't put that in their first episode, which is probably not a good idea. Um, well, I thought I think the jokes re- were. I thought the jokes were phoned in, and a lot of the writing was really. I, I think my mother would really enjoy it. Yep, and as I said, I think it's it's certainly a- aimed at an older audience. Um, and I think you've got to remember with Netflix, and this is the difference: they're not expecting. This is not network television. They're not having to write a pilot that's going yeah. to air, and that people are going to have a week to talk about it and review it and work out whether they watch the next one. Most people on Netflix are going to hit go uh, with a half-hour show. Particularly, it's going to be at episode two or three before you realise it's it's gotten there. So I think there's a different model in that. Um, 
Now, again, obviously, some people like you would get turned off after the first one. So that's the downfall of that model. But I think what happened with me was exactly that. I put the first one on and I thought sort of went ho-hum. And before I knew it, it was sort of up to episode three and I was hooked. So it's very sneaky that way. Mm -hmm. It gets Mm -hmm. you in. Um, Now, I I I would have much rather the story been about the husband's. Well, it, it, but that's the thing is, it does bring them in more. It does. Uh, so you don't as, abandon as them and not come back to them? You get the children. You get... No, 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 no. And that's part of it is how to... When you've been with someone for 40 years, and one relationship is portrayed, the, the Sam Waterston, Lily Tomlin, is portrayed as having mm-hmm. been a, quite a good relationship. And then the Martin Sheen, Jane Fonda one has been obviously a more distant, uh, not a not very affectionate uh, relationship. Um, but when you've been with someone for 40 years um, and the episode I just watched has got, um, you know, Lily Tomlin saying, you know, do we have to give up the sort of habits and rituals of 40 years just because we're not in a relationship anymore? Mm-hmm. And they're referring mm-hmm. to watching their favourite TV show together. When mm-hmm. um, So On that Netflix. sort of stuff. And, and the husbands, you know, how do they deal with the kids and the fact that they're happy together now but they know that these two women that they both care about to varying degrees are unhappy and they've been hurt. I think that's right. – and particularly in the portrayal of – it's taking to another place. Um, you often see, you know, coming out stories for gay characters are all about, you know, them being happy and maybe struggling and coming to terms with it, often without seeing what effect that may have on people around them and that that may not always be positive. And so here we do see that uh, that tension between – these two men saying you know we're we're deliriously happy we've found who we are we've found our soulmate and realizing that's also hurting these two women who they've just left who are rightfully Mm -hmm. angry and grieving um Mm -hmm. that's that's sort of a complex concept to hold in a half hour comedy and i think they do that very well no one's made out to be the baddie, um, mm-hmm. none of the characters, and Jane Fonda's character in particular would be the one most in a normal sitcom because she's the straight-laced, repressed, you know, uh, female character and they're the ones often held up to be, you know, the baddie or held up for ridicule. She has her positive sides and, and, and um, you know, is explored more fully and, and, you know, she's the one who starts the internet dating and, um, you know, there's an amusing thing of these various suitors that she she has uh, dinner with and then has ends up having sex with an old friend and the sex isn't good and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, so I think there's a, that's an interesting take on it and I think um, maybe that's why part of it's in my head with Transparent because I think this is, you don't often see gay relationships of two, two men have come out when they're 70 and the fact that what, what <laughs> unless you're watching television in 2015, then yeah. you see quite a few of them. <laughs> um, and the and but the fact that this has ramifications for their children, for their ex-partners, right. not because they're they're being horrible, but just because shit happens in your life, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's no one's fault, and no one's trying to be mean or horrible, but sometimes your actions have implications for other people and and those other people have to deal with it and you have to deal with that with owning that impact so i think as as i said to do that in a half hour comedy i think is actually quite sophisticated without Mm -hmm. making anyone out to be the baddie and um, Mm -hmm. watching these two men negotiate how to live they've been business partners but how do you live together and and be in a relationship with someone you know they've they've had 20 Mm -hmm. years of sort of uh, you know, trysts in hotels and things like that. Now they've got to share a house and and a life mm-hmm. together. So yeah, no, I'm 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 recommending this. Probably if you you know if you're under thirty, forget about it though, because you won't understand how people are still alive at the age of seventy. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Sam Waterston and Martin Sheen do make a lovely couple. They're awesome. I, I, you know, I think they were the part I enjoyed. And Lily Tomlin's great too. I mean, she's she's so entertaining. Although to be honest with you, Jules, I would not have recognized her. Like if really I just put it on, really? if yeah, if someone hadn't told me that was her, I would never have recognized her. Really? I don't know. Oh. She yeah, does she have plastic surgery or something? Like she looks really different than I oh, remember okay. her looking. But then again, what do I know? 
Um, yeah, uh, Martin uh, Sheen and and uh, and uh, Sam Waterston, um, who Sam people Waterston know from Law, Law and Order. Of He's great. I mean, I love him in anything. So to see a softer side of him is yes. really great. I mean, that's worth the price of admission right there. He plays comedy very well. And uh, anyway, so I'm wrecking this. Uh, it's on Netflix, so push the go button. It has been renewed for a second season. Um, I think there are, how many? There's 13 episodes in um, in the first season. So um, I'd really like to know. Hit, us, hit me up on Twitter uh, and let me know what you thought of it because I'd be interested to know how it plays with different age ranges. Um, I, I reckon probably you know, anyone over 30, but maybe I'm kidding myself and it's only going to be people over 50 who who sort of, um, it's aspirational for those oldies amongst us. <laughs> yeah, for your generation. <laughs> for, my ge- <laughs> for my generation. <laughs> I'm unfortunate. I'm between, I'm, I'm between, I'm not, I don't, I don't even know if my generation got a letter. No, probably not. <laughs> you didn't even get named anything, yeah. No. Um, so, so don't watch Lizzie Borden and do watch Gracie, Grace and Frankie. Um, or don't watch any of them because they're really lame. I, I would say if you're a dude or just somebody who's cool, you don't need to watch any of these. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for this week. Thank you, Jules. Thank you for carrying the lion's share of the work again. This week, you're invaluable. And uh, oh, TV week would be Yay! nothing without you. This week, next week, we'll see. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. Send email to fans at tvchinwag.com or follow on Twitter at tvchinwag. Music for this podcast provided by YouTube Music. For Ryan, Jules, and myself, Rich Rubin, thanks for listening to TV Chinwag. <laughs>